Welcome back to Kindly Gifted Season 4. I am so excited to have you along for the ride. No matter how it is that you tell your story, whether it's through your personality and influence or through your business and products, you have me in your pocket as your creative director on Speed Dial. Season four is filled with even more deep dives of how our favorite brands have built their success, how our favorite public figures and people of influence have built their personal brands, and also more insight from incredible guest experts to join me in having these powerful discussions. So thank you so much for continuing to tune in and supporting the show. And let's get into this episode, shall we? The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Thank you so much for taking this show to 16,000 plus streams in just a short period of time. I am forever grateful. Our next goal for Kindly Gifted is to dominate these motherfucking charts. And for that, I need your help. If you could do me a quick favor and click follow or subscribe on the platform that you're listening on and drop a quick rating of what you think of the show, that would greatly help us climb the charts because transparently speaking, that's the only way that we can do it. I need you to click follow, click subscribe, and again, drop a quick rating of what you think of the show. And let's get us to number one. Thank you again so much and tune into the episode. The Barbie movie is expected to make $55 million in box offices, and contrary to popular belief, I'm not going to cover all the different ways that they have marketed this film, okay? Because <laughs> we've, we've heard it a bunch of times. Everybody has already done this. <laughs> it's been talked about a thousand times over, so I don't want to c- continue to contribute to that noise. But I think there are some rather more interesting, slightly more underrated parts of the Barbie brand, the Barbie movie, um, and how the Barbie marketing will inform certain marketing trends in the near future that are more important to be covered and slightly more relevant on this show. Um, So (laughs) the first thing I think is important to note is agencies and any marketers prepare yourselves because you will now be briefed with the following statement. We want to be the next Barbie and and you're going to get us there. Okay, Um, which is a great time for you to reference that Barbie had a hundred million dollar marketing budget for this film. Okay. furthermore, and this is maybe something I would do is like ask them from a human perspective, like, do you as a human being, um, you, you know, look at somebody else to be your beacon for your existence? No. Right. I hope not. That's really sad if you do. But you probably don't. You're probably pretty content with who you are and believe in the fact that, like, you are unique and you deserve what you deserve because you are you. Period. Poo. Okay? So I highly recommend brands operate the same. There's only one Barbie. 
there's only one Duolingo, which was like the previously referenced brand, especially if your brand is on TikTok. It's like, okay, we're hiring a TikTok creator. Um, and you know, here's the tea, boo. Okay. You're going to make us Duolingo. What? No, just tell the person all the amazing things about your brand, your story, your audience, and let them run with it. Why the fuck are you telling them to, to be Duolingo? Duolingo has their own strategy that's worked for them for a reason because they're their own brand with their own audience, their own insights, their own market research, their own goals, most of which you are not even privy to as somebody looking from the outside in. So while there are strategies that you can take away from other brands, most of them, when you actually look at it, are quite broad. Most of them are like, take the time to know your audience. Be really clear on your story and your why. That's pretty broad insight. If I were to start with that, you would be like, are you fucking kidding me, Kate? Like, give me some specific tea. But like, that's the tea. (laughs) Appreciate your brand for what it is as its own standalone thing. Same way as you would about people and about yourself. I'm not existing in life to be the next Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian is Kim Kardashian for a reason. I'm going to be myself, okay? (laughs) Point blank, period. Like, she's awesome and she's amazing, but, like, I'm not her and she's not me. And, like, I think that's actually what makes us special. Same thing with, you know, brands. Which, by the way, the interesting thing about the Barbie brand is that Barbie's only 65 years old. This bitch is walking around acting like she's like hundreds of years old. I would have, I was convinced that Barbie was like at least 100 years old. She's only 65, which actually makes a lot of sense historically because I think it was in the 1920s when it was like determined that when a baby boy was born, he would get the color blue assigned to him. When a baby girl was born, she would get the color pink assigned to her prior to that it was when girls were born it was blue when boys were born it was pink pink was a very masculine color so it actually kind of makes sense that barbie is like 65 years old because i feel like if barbie was released during a time when pink was a masculine color this would have been like a big no-no um but yeah she's 65 years old she's younger than my grandmother which is wild But that's the other thing, okay? That's the other thing when people look at Barbie's brand and they're like, oh my God, like they did so many amazing marketing things and we need to do that. And it's like, that's 65 years of brand equity that they've been building. Mind you, for a huge portion of that time, they have struggled to like resonate with society in various different forms. And that comes with like 65 years of trials and tribulations, okay? (laughs) Actually, most recently, Barbie, like, really wasn't that cool up until maybe now. I had a, a, a feeling, actually, that, you know, if the Barbie movie never ha- – I think the Barbie movie in, in and of itself is, like, a bigger marketing effort for actually, like, Barbie the brand and basically a repositioning effort for Barbie the brand because – the thing is, is I actually thought for a while, if they never did this movie, that Bratz would probably be like the comeback brand. But, you know, maybe Bratz didn't have $100 million. I don't know. Um, but um, Barbie, the reason why I say that the Barbie film is actually like a, a mar- bigger marketing effort 
a, a marketing effort for the bigger Barbie brand. Jesus, so many bees, like I'm going to get tripped up. And really like a repositioning for the Barbie brand is because um, Barbie was seen as a very like girly toy. And also if you were a boy and you played with Barbies, that was like a faux pas. That was a no-no. Okay, well, it wasn't cute, it wasn't masculine, which is really funny, again, because pink was a very masculine color up until the 1920s, right? But now, especially with Greta Gerwig's film, the positioning is very, and like the media tour that they did, they focused a lot on trying to get people to understand, like, no, Ken is not the main character, okay, Barbie is, and Ken literally just exists as like the trophy husband for Barbie or trophy boyfriend or trophy whatever it is, whatever their relationship is. <laughs> um, and Barbie is the star. Like she's the main character. Please note Barbie has her own house. It's not Ken's house. It's her house. Barbie drives her own car. Okay. She's not a passenger princess. She drives the car. That's her car. She's not Ken's cheerleader. It's the other way around. So it's basically like positioning Barbie as like, I mean, in some way, like a feminist icon or, or a, a symbol for women's empowerment and independence and like a symbol for like the non-traditional woman. Like, I guess this film in a broader sense is really not just not ushering in the era of the non-traditional woman, but confirming rather that we are in it. And so therefore the bigger Barbie brand is also evolving to cater to the current contemporary era of the non-traditional woman and I think that's amazing I think it there's a lot of it that holds commonality with McDonald's famous orders in sense that this is not a big bland company telling you what isn't isn't true it's a company that's like being directed by the trends at the hands of the consumer and at the hands of people. People are telling the brand where it needs to go. They have the puppet strings, not the brand has the puppet strings, especially when it comes to marketing, which I think is very interesting. I've also heard, I have um, a source that I will not reveal, but just know this is a very, very trusted and reliable source that has worked with Taylor Swift who has also revealed that Taylor Swift's marketing strategy, allegedly, in my opinion, <laughs> um, is also directed by fans, meaning that all the Easter eggs are not planted ahead of time. They're rather being fed to her by fan conspiracy theories. So once again, your fans are holding the puppet strings. I think that's very interesting. Um, and I think the broader insight here, whether or not you have a $100 million budget for marketing, is that your audience controls where you go. There are a lot of things that once you put something out into the world, you have to let your audience control. You have to let it be in the eye of the beholder. And you can use that as, as social listening, as market research to then determine your marketing strategy to basically meet people halfway and meet them where they are. Not you looking down on them, telling them where they need to go and what they need to do, because that's just not how the current landscape is functioning anymore. Um, and I would argue that, that people have a lot less faith in companies that feel corporate or that evolve into a very corporate-like entity. I was actually speaking with um, a prospective client. We had an introductory call 
And we were asking the client, like, what brands does she think of or does she like? Like, what marketing efforts does she like from brands? And she referenced Chill House. I thought that was very interesting. But she, like, made it very clear. Like, not the current era of Chill House that feels, like, a little bit more corporate. Like, when Chill House first came out, they were very, like, a for-the-people kind of brand. It felt very homey. It felt very, like, approachable and relatable. That's just not where they are right now. So, like, the earlier era of Chill House. Like, people know these things. They're They're very intuitive um it's a sin to assume that they aren't and I see too many brands still acting as if they have all of this authority and like they hold the puppet strings and they you know but at the end of the day you're making marketing that communicates with another person and that person has a wallet in their hand and they can choose to swipe their card with another brand they don't have to like open their their wallet for you they could open their wallet for somebody else so i think it's very interesting like the barbie movie has kind of um it, you know there's like broader insights here but but in sense it has acknowledged this era of like the non-traditional woman and therefore barbie is also non a non-traditional woman i think that's incredible like i think that's so cool um, owning that color of pink, which just now makes me think of like all these millennial pink brands are probably like shaking in their boots a little bit because I think not only is there a very specific shade of hot pink that's associated with Barbie, but I would argue like all shades of pink are now really associated with Barbie. Um, the collaborations that they chose, the very like specific brand partners that have direct brand collaborations, Okay, like base, Google, those are all very strategic partners. And I would assume they had to compete with a lot of other brands to be chosen. If not, they were just called upon. Like Mattel is calling, pick up the phone. They have assigned you a collaboration. And like who would say no in their right mind to that? Like Google and Barbie. What, What other film would Google give access to its brand equity to unless it is a brand of similar or larger equity because although google has not been around for 65 years they have comparable brand equity simply because the tech world moves a lot faster right and barbie has 65 years of equity i mean it's like one of the most famous toys in existence also because the larger company owner is mattel and they have a considerable amount of other toys than just barbies there's like more at stake for for any brand collaborating with barbie like you have the potential to let's say mattel is i've heard rumors that they're planning to make a poly pocket movie which like also was one of my favorite toys when i was little and you know you could have access as a collaborator with barbie to other mattel movies or initiatives um and never mind the like official authorized collaborations there are so many collaborations that came out of it that were essentially just word of mouth marketing efforts for the barbie movie where let's say you have a local theater that's playing the barbie movie right next to it is a local restaurant that decided we're gonna have a pink menu so they can basically get access to the like the dinner crowd before the Barbie movie, the lunch crowd before the Barbie movie, the like, you know, drinks girlies that come in for like the Barbie movie. So you get access to the brand equity indirectly, but you're also creating word of mouth marketing for this brand as well. You're essentially 
helping them recapitalize on their marketing effort while also capitalizing off of their brand equity. It's very interesting. Um, So I would say takeaways for any brands that are looking at the Barbie movie and thinking about like, oh my God, we want to be the next Barbie. First, of course, I can't not mention this, but like you need to know your audience, okay? You need to understand what they like, what they don't like. You need to see them as people, not not walking wallets, but human beings with purchasing power. And what are they into? Just generally, like behaviorally speaking, not even consumer psychology, not purchasing or sales psychology, just like generally, like who are they as humans? Once you know that, I think it becomes a lot easier for you to determine things like, okay, strategic partnerships. The first key to a successful strategic partnership is understanding that like certain brands may be your competitors, but you can still partner with them. You can still find interesting ways to do something cool with them. Or they could maybe not be your like direct competitors, but they're taking up market share in very similar ways. For instance, I would argue that um, NYX and Barbie collaborating was genius. Something about NYX to me feels like toy makeup, okay? Especially when you put pink packaging all over it, it feels like toys. And NYX also has a huge, broad audience of makeup lovers, which is great for Barbie to access. It's not super niche, but it's also not confusingly broad. It's kind of like in between. So Barbie having access to that, that's pretty genius. Same with base. Base was a brilliant choice as opposed to away. Some people were like, why didn't she collaborate or she, Barbie? <laughs> why didn't Barbie and Mattel collaborate with away? And that's because base is owned by Shay Mitchell, who's an actress who... Maybe she liked Barbie as a child. I don't know. I would assume. But she was in Pretty Little Liars. And there's one very specific uh, advertisement that made me realize why the two collaborated. Shane Mitchell recreated the Pretty Little Liars intro, but with Barbie. And I've always thought the Pretty Little Liars intro was very, like, doll-esque. I mean, they're basically, like, getting their friend, like, ready for an open casket funeral like that's literally literally the opening to pretty little liars is them like putting makeup on allison and curling her hair and like she's dead is the point so i thought that was pretty fucking cool like that kind of like niche reference but also base has a larger audience than just pretty little liars fans so it made sense. It's a good overlap. It's also a very like culturally relevant, socially trend- trendy brand in, in media. So that makes a lot of sense. Like those kinds of things. I think you can think about brands, whether or not they're doing similar things to you. Like obviously I wouldn't see a brand like Olipop and Poppy collaborating, although, you know, could be, I don't know. They're just too close of direct competitors for me. But you can find strategic opportunities within strategic partners if you just like don't think of every brand in existence as your competition. Um, Finding brands that have similar amounts of brand equity to you, finding brands that have similar overlapping target audiences, finding brands that have an audience that is underrepresented in your community like maybe you have a two per two percent like lgbtq audience and you really want to like increase that share 
collaborating with a brand that is culturally relevant to the LGBTQIA plus community would be smart. That's why they're called strategic partnerships as opposed to just a partnership, right? Um, so getting creative on that end, highly recommend it. It's an interesting way to collaborate. It's also the like no man is an island form of collaboration. Um, it kind of also positions your brand from a value perspective as being somebody who is open to collaboration as opposed to seeing every collaboration as a competition, right? Um, so that would be something interesting. And then the other thing I thought about actually, and this is the last thing I'll say, and I think it'll like create some inspiration for the right people. So this will be like, if you know, you know, kind of thing. Um, I would argue that the Barbie film is actually a broader marketing effort for the Barbie brand. Barbie is repositioning, right? So that's why I think that doing that in film form as opposed to like packaging copy or a series of social media posts, right? They have the money. They might as well create a movie that is that positions Barbie as like a deeper brand, as something more culturally relevant, as something that is more introspective, as being appealing to the non-traditional woman, as evolving with the times. So I almost see like the Barbie movie as like the equivalent of a Super Bowl commercial for a brand, except this is like a film, right? It's basically a repositioning effort. Um, And I think there's something there that can be used by brands as well. Like mini films are not off limits to brands. If you have the budget for it, even if you don't, you could make like a really cool... Liquid Death literally launched their brand with a $1,500 commercial. Like use, use a commercial not just as like an opportunity to sell, but truly as an opportunity to tell a story. Use a commercial as a way to evolve the meaning of your brand into a direction that you think is, is more relevant or that you think is better. Um, so utilizing storytelling in very interesting ways is where you kind of like continue to push the limit of the envelope, not just like don't rely on just things that are easy. Think think of things that are creative. Even if they aren't easy, you can figure out how to make them easy from a financial or energy resource perspective. But like try to think big, try to think dumb, (laughs) like dumb ideas. I can guarantee somebody in a room was like, we should fucking like make a Barbie movie. <laughs> That'd be so funny. And they were like, wait, we actually should. Like, we, we actually should. Here's how we can do it in a way that's actually interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if that's how that conversation started. So I wouldn't necessarily encourage you to, to look at the Barbie movie and be like, we're going to be the next Barbie. We should like copy their playbook. But rather like, Think of it from a business perspective. Think this movie is a solution to a business problem. That's how I'll say it. That's my, that's like the main takeaway. What are your business problems? What are marketing efforts that can solve that business problem? How can we package those solutions into engaging shareable pieces of media or inject that into like, 
packaging or a commercial or whatever execution you want to do, like how can you make the solution interesting from an execution perspective? Like that's how the creative development process works, you know? So it's important, I think, not just to look at Barbie as like, oh my God, look, look, they make so much money by collaborating with Base or they made so much money by collaborating with Google or like they made a movie and like we need to do the same thing. It's more so like this was a solution to a business problem. Barbie was not culturally relevant. And this is how they made it culturally relevant. So how can you do that with the budget that you have, with the minds and talent that you have, and most importantly, not forgetting the why behind your brand and not forgetting about your audience? Like, what are they wanting from things? So that's my spiel on the Barbie movie. Anyway, girl, I got to go because I'm trying to see this movie for a second time. (laughs) So... Hopefully this was interesting and helpful and let me know if you have any questions or thoughts about the Barbie movie. My DMs are always open. I'd love to discuss. If you're listening to this, it means you've reached the end and I'm so grateful that you tuned in to another episode of Kindly Gifted. If you don't mind to give this show your honest rating and review, I'd greatly appreciate it and click follow or subscribe to keep up with new episodes. If you want to chat about what you just heard in this episode, I'm all ears. You can find me on Instagram at Katarina Tarantiva or on TikTok with the same handle. And I'll link both of them in the show notes below. If you want to chat with me one-on-one or maybe get some accessible resources on how it is that you can create invigorating marketing for your brand or develop your personal presence online as a person of influence, check out my stand store. I'll also link that in the show notes and there's more goodies coming your way. So don't forget to bookmark the link as well. Anyways, that's my spiel and I'll see you in the next episode.